Homily three of Homilies on Ephesians by Saint John Chrysostom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily three, chapter one, verses fifteen through twenty. For this cause I also, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which is among you, and which ye show toward all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your heart enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to that working of the strength of his might which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead never was anything equal to the yearnings of the apostle never anything like the sympathy and the affectionateness of the blessed paul who made his every prayer in behalf of whole cities and peoples and writes the same to all i thank my god for you making mention of you in my prayers think how many he had in his mind whom it were a labor so much as to remember how many he made mention of in his prayers giving thanks to god for them all as though he himself had received the greatest blessing wherefore he says that is because of what is to come because of the good things that are laid up in store for them who rightly believe and live and it is meet then to give thanks to god both for all the things which mankind have received at his hands both heretofore and hereafter and me to give him thanks also for the faith of them that believe having heard saith he of the faith in the lord jesus which is among you and which ye show toward all the saints he on all occasions knits together and combines faith and love a glorious pair nor does he mention the saints of that country only but all i cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers what is thy prayer and what thy entreaty it is that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation two things he requires them to understand as it is their duty to understand them to what blessings they are called and how they have been released from their former state he says however himself that these points are three how then are they three in order that we may understand touching the things to come for from the good things laid up for us we shall know his ineffable and surpassing riches and from understanding who we were and how we believed we shall know his power and sovereignty in turning again to himself those who had been so long time estranged from him for the weakness of god is stronger than men inasmuch as it is by the self-same power by which he raised christ from the dead that he hath also drawn us to himself nor is that power limited to the resurrection 
but far exceeds it. Verses 21 and 22 And made him to sit at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, and power and dominion, and every name that is named. And he put all things in subjection under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Vast, indeed, are the mysteries and secrets of which he hath made us partakers, and these it is not possible for us to understand otherwise than by being partakers of the Holy Ghost, and by receiving abundant grace. And it is for this reason that Paul prays, the Father of glory, that is, he that hath given us vast blessings, for he constantly addresses him according to the subject he is upon, as, for instance, when he says, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. And again the prophet says, the Lord is my strength and my might. The Father of glory he has no name by which he may represent these things and on all occasions calls them glory which is in fact with us the name and appellation of every kind of magnificence mark he says the father of glory but of christ the god what then is the son inferior to the glory no there is no one not even a maniac would say so may give unto you that is may raise and wing your understanding for it is not possible otherwise to understand these things for the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of god for they are foolishness unto him so then there is need of spiritual wisdom that we may perceive things spiritual that we may see things hidden that spirit revealeth all things he is going to set forth the mysteries of god now the knowledge of the mysteries of god the spirit alone comprehends who also searcheth the deep things of him it is not said that angel or archangel or any other created power may give that is confer upon you a spiritual gift and if this be of revelation then is the discovery of arguments consequently vain for he that hath learned god and knoweth god shall no longer dispute concerning anything he will not say this is impossible and that is possible and how did the other thing come to pass if we learn god as we ought to know him if we learn god from him from whom we ought to learn him that is, from the Spirit himself. Then shall we no longer dispute concerning anything. And hence it is that he says, Having the eyes of your heart enlightened in the knowledge of him. He that hath learned what God is will have no misgivings about his promises and disbelief about what hath been already brought to pass. He prays, then, that there may be given them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yet still he also establishes it, as far as he can himself, 
by arguments and from already existing facts for whereas he was about to mention some things which had already come to pass and others which had not as yet happened he makes those which have been brought to pass a pledge of those which have not in some such way i mean as this that ye may know saith he what is the hope of his calling it is as yet he means hidden but not so to the faithful and again what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints this too is as yet hidden but what is clear that through his power we have believed that he hath raised christ for to persuade souls is a thing far more miraculous than to raise a dead body i will endeavour to make this clear hearken then christ said to the dead lazarus come forth and straightway he obeyed peter said tabitha arise and she did not refuse he himself shall speak the word at the last day and all shall rise and that so quickly that they which are yet alive shall in no wise precede them that are fallen asleep and all shall come to pass all run together in a moment in the twinkling of an eye but in the matter of believing it is not thus but how is it hearken then to him again how he saith how often would i have gathered thy children together and ye would not you perceive that this last is the more difficult accordingly it is upon this that he builds up the whole argument because by human calculations it is far more difficult to influence the choice than to work upon nature and the reason is this it is because he would thus have us become good of our own will thus with good reason does he say the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe yes when prophets had availed nothing nor angels nor archangels when the whole creation both visible and invisible had failed the visible lying before us and without any power to guide us and much also which is invisible then he ordered his own coming to show us that it was a matter which required divine power the riches of the glory that is the unutterable glory for what language shall be adequate to express that glory of which the saints shall then be partakers none but verily there is need of grace in order that the understanding may perceive it and admit even so much as at least one little ray some things indeed they knew even before now he was desirous that they should learn more and know it more clearly seest thou how great things he hath wrought he hath raised up christ is this a small thing but look again he hath set him at his right hand and shall any language then be able to represent this him that is of the earth more mute than the fishes and made the sport of devils 
he hath in a moment raised up on high truly this is indeed the exceeding greatness of his power and behold whither he hath raised him in the heavenly places he hath made him far above all created nature far above all rule and authority far above all rule he saith need then indeed is there of the spirit of an understanding wise in the knowledge of him need then is there indeed of revelation reflect how vast is the distance between the nature of man and of god yet from this vile estate hath he exalted him to that high dignity nor does he mount by degrees first one step then another then a third amazing he does not simply say above but far above for god is above those powers which are above and thither then hath he raised him him that is one of us brought him from the lowest point to the supremest sovereignty to that beyond which there is no other honour above all principality he says not that is over one and not over another but over all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named whatever there be in heaven he has become above all and this is said of him that was raised from the dead which is worthy of our admiration for of god the word it cannot possibly be because what insects are in comparison of man this the whole creation is in comparison of god if all mankind are to be counted as spittle and were counted as the turn of a balance consider the invisible powers as insects but of him that was one of us this is great and surprising indeed for he raised him up from the very lowest parts of the earth if all the nations are as a drop how small a portion then of that drop is a single man yet him hath he made higher than all things not only in this world but also in that which is to come therefore powers there are whose names are to us unintelligible and unknown and he put all things in subjection under his feet not simply so set him above them as to be honoured above them nor by way of comparison with them but so that he should sit over them as his slaves amazing awful indeed are these things every created power hath been made the slave of man by reason of god the word dwelling in him for it is possible for a man to be above others without having others in subjection but only as preferred before them but here it is not so no he put all things in subjection under his feet and not simply put them in subjection but in the most abject subjection that below which there can be none therefore he adds under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church amazing again 
whither hath he raised the church as though he were lifting it up by some engine he hath raised it up to a vast height and set it on yonder throne for where the head is there is the body also there is no interval to separate between the head and the body for were there a separation then were it no longer a body then were it no longer a head over all things he says what is meant by over all things he hath suffered neither angel nor archangel nor any other being to be above him but not only in this way hath he honoured us in exalting that which is of ourselves but also in that he hath prepared the whole race in common to follow him to cling to him to accompany his train which is his body in order then that when you hear of the head you may not conceive the notion of supremacy only but also of consolidation and that you may behold him not as supreme ruler only but as head of a body the fullness of him that filleth all in all he says as though this were not sufficient to show the close connection and relationship what does he add the fullness of christ is the church and rightly for the complement of the head is the body and the complement of the body is the head mark what great arrangement paul observes how he spares not a single word that he may represent the glory of god the complement he says that is the head is as it were filled up by the body because the body is composed and made up of all its several parts and he introduces him as having need of each single one and not only of all in common and together for unless we be many and one be the hand and another the foot and another some other member the whole body is not filled up it is by all then that his body is filled up then is the head filled up then is the body rendered perfect when we are all knit together and united perceivest thou then the ridges of the glory of his inheritance the exceeding greatness of his power towards them that believe the hope of your calling moral let us reverence our head let us reflect of what a head we are the body a head to whom all things are put in subjection according to this representation we ought to be better yea than the very angels and greater than the archangels in that we have been honoured above them all god took not hold of angels as he says in writing to the hebrews but he took hold of the seed of abraham he took hold of neither principality nor power nor dominion nor any other authority but he took up our nature and made it to sit on his right hand and why do i say hath made it sit he hath made it his garment and not only so but hath put all things in subjection under his feet how many sorts of death supposest thou how many souls ten thousand yea and ten thousand times told but nothing equal to it wilt thou mention two things he hath done 
the greatest thanks he hath both himself descended to the lowest depth of humiliation and hath raised up man to the height of exaltation he saved him by his blood he spoke of the former first how that he so greatly humbled himself he speaks now of what is stronger than that a great thing the crown of all surely even had we been counted worthy of nothing it were enough or had we been counted worthy even of this honour it were enough without the slaying of the son but where there are the two what power of language must it not transcend and surpass the very resurrection is not great when i reflect on these things it is of him that he says the god of our lord jesus christ not of god the word let us feel awed at the closeness of our relation let us dread lest any one should be cut off from this body lest any one should fall from it lest any one should appear unworthy of it if any one were to place a diadem about our head a crown of gold should we not do everything that we might seem worthy of the lifeless jewels but now it is not a diadem that is about our head but what is far greater christ is made our very head and yet we pay no regard to it yet angels reverence that head and archangels and all those powers above and shall we which are his body be awed neither on the one account nor the other and what then shall be our hope of salvation conceive to yourself the royal throne conceive the excess of the honour this at least if we chose might more avail to startle us yea even than hell itself for even though hell were not that we having been honoured with such an honour should be found base and unworthy of it what punishment what vengeance must not this carry with it think near whom thy head is seated this single consideration is amply sufficient for any purpose whatever on whose right hand he is placed far above all principality and power and might yet is the body of this head trampled on by the very devils nay god forbid it should be thus for were it thus such a body could be his body no longer thy own head the more respectable of thy servants reverence and dost thou subject thy body to be the sport of them that insult it how sore punishment then shalt thou not deserve if a man should bind the feet of the emperor with bonds and fetters will he not be liable to the extremity of punishment dost thou expose the whole body to fierce monsters and not shudder however since our discourse is concerning the lord's body come and let us turn our thoughts to it even that which was crucified which was nailed which is sacrificed if thou art the body of christ bear the cross for he bore it bear spitting bear buffetings bear nails such was that body 
that body did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth his hands did everything for the benefit of them that needed his mouth uttered not a word of those things which are not convenient he heard them say thou hast a devil and he answered nothing further our discourse is concerning this body and as many of us as partake of that body and taste of that blood are partaking of that which is in no wise different from that body nor separate consider that we taste of that body that sitteth above that is adored by angels that is next to the power that is incorruptible alas how many ways to salvation are open to us he hath made us his own body he hath imparted to us his own body and yet not one of these things turns us away from what is evil oh the darkness the depth of the abyss the apathy set your mind saith he on the things that are above where christ is seated on the right hand of god and after all this some set their affections upon money or licentiousness others are carried captive by their passions do ye not see that even in our own body when any part is superfluous and useless it is cut off is cut away it is of no use that it has belonged to the body when it is mutilated when it is mortified when it is decayed when it is detrimental to the rest let us not then be too confident because we have been once made members of this body if this body of ours though but a natural body nevertheless suffers amputation what dreadful evil shall it not undergo if the moral principle should fail when the body partakes not of this natural food when the pores are stopped up then it mortifies when the ducts are closed then it is palsied so is it with us also when we stop our ears our soul becomes palsied when we partake not of the spiritual food when instead of corrupt bodily humours evil dispositions impair us all these things engender disease dangerous disease disease that waste and then there will be need of that fire there will be need of that cutting asunder for christ cannot endure that we should enter into the bride chamber with such a body as this if he led away and cast out the man that was clothed in filthy garments what will he not do unto the man who attaches filth to the body how will he not dispose of him i observe many partaking of christ's body lightly and just as it happens and rather from custom and form than consideration and understanding when saith a man the holy season of lent sets in whatever a man may be he partakes of the mysteries or when the day of the lord's epiphany comes and yet it is not the epiphany nor is it lent that makes a fit time for approaching 
but it is sincerity and purity of soul with this approach at all times without it never for as often saith he as ye do this ye proclaim the lord's death that is ye make a remembrance of the salvation that has been wrought for you and of the benefits which i have bestowed consider those who partook of the sacrifices under the old covenant how great abstinence did they practice how did they not conduct themselves what did they not perform they were always purifying themselves and dost thou when thou drawest nigh to a sacrifice at which the very angels tremble dost thou measure the matter by the revolutions of seasons and how shalt thou present thyself before the judgment seat of christ thou who presumest upon his body with polluted hands and lips thou wouldest not presume to kiss a king with an unclean mouth and the king of heaven dost thou kiss with an unclean soul it is an outrage tell me wouldst thou choose to come to the sacrifice with unwashen hands no i suppose not but thou wouldst rather choose not to come at all than come with soiled hands and then thus scrupulous as thou art in this little matter dost thou come with soiled soul and thus dare to touch it and yet the hands hold it but for a time whereas into the soul it is dissolved entirely what do ye not see the holy vessels so thoroughly cleansed all over so resplendent our souls ought to be purer than they more holy more brilliant and why so because those vessels are made so for our sakes they partake not of him that is in them they perceive him not but we do yes verily now then thou wouldst not choose to make use of a soiled vessel and dost thou approach with a soiled soul observe the vast inconsistency of the thing at the other times ye come not no not though often ye are clean but at easter however flagrant an act ye may have committed ye come oh the force of custom and of prejudice in vain is the daily sacrifice in vain do we stand before the altar there is no one to partake these things i am saying not to induce you to partake anyhow but that ye should render yourselves worthy to partake art thou not worthy of the sacrifice nor of the participation if so then neither art thou of the prayer thou hearest the herald standing and saying as many as are in penitence all pray as many as do not partake are in penitence if thou art one of those that are in penitence thou oughtest not to partake for he that partakes not is one of those that are in penitence why then does he say depart ye that are not qualified to pray whilst thou hast the effrontery to stand still 
but no thou art not of that number thou art of the number of those who are qualified to partake and yet are indifferent about it and regardest the matter as nothing look i entreat a royal table is set before you angels minister at that table the king himself is there and dost thou stand gaping are thy garments defiled and yet dost thou make no account of it or are they clean then fall down and partake every day he cometh in to see the guests and converseth with them all yes at this moment he is speaking to your conscience friends how stand ye here not having on a wedding garment he said not why didst thou sit down no before he sat down he declared him to be unworthy so much as to come in he saith not why didst thou sit down to meet but why camest thou in and these are the words that he is at this very moment addressing to one and all of us that stand here with such shameless effrontery for every one that partaketh not of the mysteries is standing here in shameless effrontery it is for this reason that they which are in sins are first of all put forth for just as when a master is present at his table it is not right that those servants who have offended him should be present but they are sent out of the way just so also here when the sacrifice is brought forth and christ the lord's sheep is sacrificed when thou hearest the words let us pray together when thou beholdest the curtains drawn up then imagine that the heavens are let down from above and that the angels are descending as then it is not meet that any one of the uninitiated be present so neither is it that one of them that are initiated and yet at the same time defiled tell me suppose any one were invited to a feast and were to wash his hands and sit down and be already at the table and after all refuse to partake is he not insulting the man who invited him were it not better for such an one never to have come at all now it is just in the same way that thou hast come here thou hast sung the hymn with the rest thou hast declared thyself to be of the number of them that are worthy by not departing with them that are unworthy why stay and yet not partake of the table i am unworthy thou wilt say then art thou also unworthy of that communion thou hast had in prayers for it is not by means of the offerings only but also by means of those canticles that the spirit descendeth all around do we not see our own servants first scouring the table with a sponge and cleaning the house and then setting out the entertainment this is what is done by the prayers by the cry of the herald we scour the church as it were with a sponge that all things may be set out in a pure church that there may be neither spot nor wrinkle unworthy indeed both our eyes of these sights and unworthy are our ears 
and if even a beast it is said touch the mountain it shall be stoned thus then they were not worthy so much as to set foot on it and yet afterwards they both came near and beheld where god had stood and thou mayest afterwards come near and behold when however he is present depart thou art no more allowed to be here than the catechumen is for it is not at all the same thing never to have reached the mysteries and when thou hast reached them to stumble at them and despise them and to make thyself unworthy of this thing one might enter upon more points and those more awful still not however to burden your understanding these will suffice they who are not brought to the right senses with these certainly will not be with more that i may not then be the means of increasing your condemnation i entreat you not to forbear coming but to render yourselves worthy both of being present and of approaching tell me were any king to give command and to say if any man does this let him partake of my table say would ye not do all ye could to be admitted he hath invited us to heaven to the table of the great and wonderful king and do we shrink and hesitate instead of hastening and running to it and what then is the hope of our salvation we cannot lay the blame on our weakness we cannot on our nature it is indolence and nothing else that renders us unworthy so far have i spoken of myself but may he that pricketh the heart he that giveth the spirit of compunction pierce your hearts and plant the seeds in the depth of them so that through his fear ye may conceive and bring forth the spirit of salvation and come near with boldness for thy children it is said are like olive plants round about thy table oh then let there be nothing old nothing wild nothing harsh for of such sort are the young plants that are fit for fruit for the beautiful fruit fruit i mean of the olive tree and thriving they are so as all to be round about the table and come together here not in vain or by chance but with fear and reverence for thus shall ye behold with boldness even christ himself in heaven and shall be counted worthy of that heavenly kingdom which may god grant we may all attain in jesus christ our lord with whom to the father together with the holy spirit be glory might honour now and ever for ages of ages amen End of homily three